This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Okay, well, let's open up with prayer tonight, and then we're going to get into this. I actually have two messages. I wrote one, and then right before I came, he gave me another one, same topic, so it depends on which way I go, or maybe I'll combine them both, who knows. (laughs) We'll figure it out, amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is everything to us, Father. Your word teaches us how to live. It teaches us how to relate to one another. It teaches us how to obtain things in life. It teaches us how to worship you. It teaches us everything, Father. Lord, we thank you for your word. And as we break together your word tonight, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we're changing tonight and we're going from glory to glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so two titles tonight, Growing Up Spiritually or How Do You Know That You Need to Grow Some More Spiritually? Pick pick whichever one you want. It doesn't matter to me. Just pick whatever you need. Uh, one of the best books on this subject, Brother Hagen, Growing Up Spiritually, excellent book. Any of his books are excellent on any topic that you want to, you know, learn from. These things, they're simple. They really, really, really help you in life. So praise the Lord. Okay, so let me ask you this question. How do you know... That you need to grow more spiritually. What? Oh, you get easily offended. i got to come up here. That thing's too far away. I can't see the whites of your eyes. There. Now I can talk to you and you can talk back to me. When you get easily offended. That's good. How else do you know that you need to grow more spiritually? Leanne. You're a lot. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Amen. Bottom line, you're living. <laughs> Ilea. Yeah, when you think you're at the top of your game, it's kind of like a teenager that it turns 18, they know they think they know it all, and they know absolutely nothing. That you like that? Amen. Okay, Sabrina. Yeah, yeah, living out of their head and not their heart, not their spirit. Amen. Good stuff. You guys are good teachers here. Well, I wrote some stuff down. First of all, let me just say this. There's only one that's perfect, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. The rest of us attain. We're, 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 we're working, you know. <laughs> we're constantly trying to be more like Jesus. And that's what I mean. That's what we're talking about when we're trying to grow spiritually. We're trying to be more like Jesus because he's the perfect one. He, you know, he does everything right. So we need to do everything as right as possible. So we want to be more like him. But one of the one of the things that some of the things that I wrote down was how do you know that you need to grow more spiritually is number one, when you keep falling into the same traps over and over and over again. Amen. Bad stuff, right? You want to be redeemed from all the junk you've fallen into over and over and over again. You want to get victory. You want to attain a higher level so that you can look back and say, I'm not going back there anymore, even as a believer. Amen. Okay. 
Another another reason that uh, you need to grow uh, more spiritually is when your character hasn't improved. You know what I mean? We need to be people of impeccable character. We need to be people that others look at and want to be like us. Not people that look at us and say, oh, she's supposed to be a Christian or he's supposed to be a Christian. Boy, what kind of a life is that, you know? No, we need we need to improve our character, right? Right? Amen. You know, you can you can uh you know, one of the biggest things I think about improving our character is a love walk. You know what I mean? Boy, oh boy. That's one that I I deal with all the time about myself is my love walk. You know, and I think, you know, I need not I need not get upset about just cuz somebody did that, you know what I'm saying? You just need to overlook it and go on. Amen. Walk in love and walk in forgiveness. Okay. Uh, you need to grow more spiritually not only when your character has not improved, but when you're falling backwards, you're backsliding. Amen. You don't want to go there. Um, you need to know that you need to grow more spiritually when you have no faith for certain areas of your life. How does faith come? Thank you. Where do you find that at? Thank you, Susan. So somebody said in the Bible, yeah, duh. <laughs> Romans ten seventeen. <laughs> yeah. Pastor said, yeah, you need to grow up. Romans ten seventeen. When you when you need when you need some faith for healing, when you need faith for finances and your relationships, whatever in life, you know the word of God covers everything, and that's where you need to go. You need to know that you need to grow some more spiritually when you've lost your first love. Remember when Jesus was your everything? Yeah. Wow. So what happened? <laughs> the world creeped in, right? But we need to we need to focus on the fact that Jesus needs to be our first love all the time. All the time, all the time, all the time. Amen. Um, let's see. What else do we need here? Hello, Joshua. Um, you need to grow some more spiritually when the deceitfulness of riches, the lust for other things, enter in and choke the word of God that was sown in your heart. Amen. That's found in Mark chapter 4. And I'm not teaching there tonight. But you can look it up. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. Let me. I'm going to switch, switch lessons here. I'm going to flip over here. Growing up spiritually. Spiritually, look at Second Timothy chapter three. I can't whistle anymore. I used to be able to, I used to be able to whistle up a memory, whistle me back to where I want to be. I don't know where Jesse went. He whistles. Okay. Oh, I'm in First Timothy. We're supposed to be in Second Timothy three, starting in verse sixteen. It says this. How much? Um, all. What does all mean? Everything. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is, a, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That sounds like growing up spiritually, doesn't it? How many of you ever read the Bible and all of a sudden you're reading something and you think, oh, man, I need a change. 
Ever that happened to anybody? Oh, yeah. Isn't that wonderful? For reproof, for correction. Isn't that awesome? So that's when we're growing up spiritually. Amen. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. We're talking about growing spiritually. Galatians, Ephesians. Chapter 4. One of the ways that you grow up spiritually is by this, what we're going to read here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse uh, 11. This is talking about Jesus. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. This is a fivefold ministry for the equipping of the saints. You know, if you signed up for the military, they would equip you. They would give you uniforms, right, Joseph? They would give you rifles, da na 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 na. Maybe even a armored vest stuff. They give you combat boots. Back in the day when we wanted to insult our friends, we would say, "Your mother wears combat boots." But nowadays, it's true. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of women are in the military. In fact, your wife does, right? His wife's in the military. For the equipping of the saints, why do we need to be equipped? Well, think about it this way: we need to be equipped because we live in this world. The world is equipped the devil's way. We need to be equipped God's way. Amen. And so we come in here, the fivefold ministry gifts teach us how to be equipped, right? It also says for the work of the ministry. Whoa, there's that nasty four-letter word, W-O-R-K. We always say, how do you spell ministry, W-O-R-K, work, because it's work. For the edifying, or that word means the building up. Of the body of Christ, when till we all come in the unity of faith, in the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. That word perfect means mature, grown up, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him. So it sounds like. One of the ways that the Lord has us to grow out is to come into the house of the Lord, amen, sit under the fivefold ministry. Now, as pastors, we like to bring in different ministry gifts. Uh, Brother Besser is going to be here, what is it, the ninth, yeah. He's gonna, they're going to be here, and she's going to be here that Friday night for women's meeting. So you all need to be there. She's awesome. And then Saturday morning, there's an evangelist out, outreach seminar training thing. So make sure that you avail yourself of that. That's from 9 to noon in Victory. And then they'll be here Sunday morning, Sunday night. Now, last year when they were here, we extended their meetings, and we went for like three or four extra days. He's an evangelist. He's a five-fold evangelist gift. He loves to win people to the Lord. Let me, tell, let me give you an example between an evangelist and a pastor. So last year, he's supposed to be here. So I don't know what night it is, Monday or something like that. It's 7 o'clock. And I said to Barbara, where's Brian? Oh, he went to pick somebody up that he had led to the Lord. 
And I and I chuckled to myself because I thought that's the difference between an evangelist and a pastor. A pastor would have said, Robert, go get so and so. He lives at such and such a street. But the evangelist, he just goes and gets him, even though he's late for church. You know what I mean? And see the difference. And then you've got the apostles who begin churches and prophets. Doctor Barclay's a prophet, and you know the teachers and such like that. So that's that's what helps you to mature. I can't stand people who stay at home. The blind leading the blind, they're leading themselves. Don't don't ever go to church. I heard about somebody the other day. They don't ever go to church. They think they're believers, but they don't go to church. And I think, you know, you must be blind leading the blind. You know what I'm saying? Who's teaching you? Hallelujah. Some people don't even bother to come to dinner. We're dishing up spiritual food here. You, I'm preaching to the choir. You guys are here all the time. You're, you're the three service a week folks. <laughs> I should have done this on a Sunday morning. Some people don't even bother coming to dinner. You know, think about that. You guys are well fed. But those who don't even come to dinner, good Lord. What about the once a monthers? How would you like to eat once a month physically? How much more so spiritually, right? Right? You really need to get fed. You need to be fed fed well. The table here is set three times a week. And then we've got all of our life groups and all that other kind of stuff. So, you know, you need to avail yourself of that. Let's look at chapter uh, James chapter 1, verse 22. How many of you are satisfied with where you are spiritually? Raise your hand if you're satisfied with yourself. Sabrina, you are? Okay, she is. <laughs> One out of all of us. Good for you, kid. I'm proud of you. <laughs> she's my little sidekick. She always stands beside me during praise and worship. If she's not there, I look around and see, where are you at, sidekick? Okay, James 1.22 says this. Got to find it. Be but, be doers of the word. And not here is only deceiving who? Yourselves. Does it say the devil's deceiving you? It says you're deceiving yourself if you're not being a doer of the word that you hear. Right? You know, there's all kinds of commandments in the Bible. You know, people think the Ten Commandments. But, hey, listen, there's a whole lot more. We're supposed to do all kinds of stuff. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That's one, right? Then you got all the beatitudes, and you got you got all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of things that the Lord tells us to do in addition to just what uh, the Ten Commandments and stuff like that. But we need to be whatever word it is that we hear. Love your neighbor as yourself. How about that one? Forgive one another as I have forgiven you, or else I'm not going to forgive you. That's pretty tough. I, yeah, I like that one. Right? Where is that? That's in a huh? God says, if you don't forgive, I won't forgive you. That's in uh, Mark, right? Mark, hold on, I gotta back up. Back up, I gotta, I gotta back up to this. Mark, Mark, Mark. Ah. Mark. Wow. I'll get there. Where's it at? Thank you. It's a Brother Hagen thing. Duh. All I can think of is Mark 11:23. Okay, listen to this. 
You there? Mark 11. (laughs) Let's just start out in 22. And Jesus answering said to them, have faith in God. Or another translation says, have the God kind of faith. Assuredly, I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart. You can have doubts in your head, you know, but not no doubts in your heart. But believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, uh-oh, here's one of those do things. And if you have anything against anyone, anything against anyone, anything against anyone, what does anyone include? Everyone. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses or sins, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven Forgive your trespasses. Wow, that's a heavy revy, isn't it? Whoa. So whenever you're tempted to hold a grudge, to not forgive somebody, just think, he isn't going to forgive you either unless you forgive give someone else. Amen. All right. Hebrews 12. Let's look at that for a second. We ought to sit in on one of their. We ought. We ought to have them come down here someday and do sit on in on their kids club stuff. Amen. Okay, let's see. Hebrews twelve. Verses one and two. says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Do you ever feel weighed down in life? And the sin which so easily ensnares us, King James says, besets us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know, uh, here at High Desert Word Center, we run one race, but you also run your individual races. Isn't that cool? Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. So we need to lay aside sins that seem to so easily beset us. You know, not everybody has the same Sin that's knocking on their door. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. Now, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, one of the last things that account says is that Satan left him for a more opportune season. Satan came and tempted Jesus. And then Jesus, that's when Jesus kept saying, it is written, it is written. He was, he was speaking the word to him. The word was a weapon Jesus used to speak back to Satan. Then the word says, Satan left him for a more opportune season. Luke 4.13. So, whatever has, has had you in the past, just because you don't have it today doesn't mean the devil's not going to come around again. And so when he comes around again, be smart enough, mature enough spiritually to say, Oh, here comes the devil again for a more opportune season and I am not letting him in.
So you just say, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Just get out of here. But you've got to be aware of it because he's sneaky. You know, and so the more you grow spiritually in the Lord, the more you're going to recognize when the dumb devil comes around trying to catch you again at the same thing he caught you before. Right? Because he knows you. He knows what you fall for. But just fool him next time. Don't fall for it. Right? Amen. All right. Okay. What else have I got here? Okay. So we're laying aside sin. So you may not be out robbing banks. Maybe you're robbing God. You may not be out there committing adultery or murdering people. But you lie like a rug. You ever hear that? Lie like a rug? We used to say that when we were kids. You lie like a rug. Timmy, and I, you wouldn't believe all the lies I've heard around here lately. And when people, when people tell me a lie, they think, they think that I don't know that they're lying. But I always do. Because the Holy Ghost shows me. Because when somebody talks to me and they lie to me, it bounces, it bounces off of me. And I can feel it in the spirit room. It just bounces off of me. And I think, well, that was a lie. Well, let me, let me show you something about lying that you really need to get rid of. Look at uh, Revelations 21.8. You know, people think, oh, it's just a little lie. Little lies, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you what, if you've got a habit of lying, you need to really ditch it quick. And this is the reason why. Revelations 21.8 says this, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and how many liars? Whoa! All liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So according to this, if you're lying, you're going to hell. Isn't that what that just said? I'm just reading the Bible to you. If you have a, if you have a habit of lying, you need to get rid of it. Unless you want to go to hell forever. You know, isn't that amazing? You know, you think lying's no big deal? But in the Bible, it's listed with murderers, sorcerers, sexually immoral people. And all liars. Whoa. Let me let me show you somebody who lied. Look at Acts chapter five. I'm just gonna show you a little bit of what happened to somebody who lied. Next time somebody t- tells me a lie. I'm just going to say, you're lying to me, instead of me just looking at him, you know what I mean? I think I'll do that next time. think that would be all right, Ivani, if I just say that. Okay. All right. That will teach people not to lie. There used to be an ad that said, it's not nice to lie to Mother Nature. Do you remember that? Or Mother, you have to be old enough, right? <laughs> These young people, they don't have a clue. It's not nice to lie to Mrs. Pastor. Amen. Okay. Here we are. Acts chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife, also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, 
Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Now, who, who is Ananias talking to? Talking to Peter. Peter says, Ananias, why are you lying to the Holy Ghost? Now, isn't that heavy, revy? Was Peter the pastor of that church, Dad? Peter was the pastor of the church. So Ananias is lying to the pastor. Pastor Peter says, Ananias, why are you lying to the Holy Ghost? Whoa. Verse 4. While it remained, was it not your own? Talking about this land. And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men but to God. Wow. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. You know what that means? He dropped dead right in the church. I'm trying to scare you tonight on purpose. (laughs) He dropped dead right in the church. So great fear. Whoa. Great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, oh, yes, for so much. She's in on the lie with him, see. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out too. And then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead and carried her out and buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Is that amazing or what? So is lying a great thing to do? Well, if you value your life, it's not a great thing to do. Amen. So if you have the habit of lying, knock it off. Amen. Look at Philippians. You know, if somebody, if this is what pastor does sometimes. Somebody will, somebody will come up to him and they'll say something. And they'll say to him, don't you think that's right? And if he doesn't think it's right, he won't, he won't say, yeah, that's right. He won't, he won't lie back to him. He doesn't say anything. He just doesn't say anything. You know, you don't have to open your mouth and say stuff all the time. You know what I mean? If somebody comes up to you and says, uh, don't you think that's right? And you don't, you don't have to agree with them. You can stand there and shut your mouth, you know. Oh, and then if they keep pressing him, he'll say, actually, I don't think it's right. You know, so don't lie about stuff. You know, you don't need to lie about little bitty stuff or big stuff or any stuff. Just don't lie. Okay, Philippians 3. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Chapter 3. This is about Paul. This is pretty cool. Philippians 3, starting at verse 12. This is, what, this is what Paul says about himself. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. You know, when we think, the, when we think of Paul in the Bible, we think, man, he was something else. You know, he wrote all those scriptures and all that kind of stuff. But he thinks, 
Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. See, that's the same thing we're supposed to do. We're supposed to press on. We're supposed to press into the Lord. We're supposed to press into God, press into church, press into the things of the Lord. We're just supposed to keep pressing into him. It says that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended or to have reached, you know. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the high calling, or New King James says, upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, mature, then say, you know, mature, you know, we're working towards it, right? Have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, what you've already gained, don't lose. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good stuff? And then I want to I want to read this to you. Second uh, Peter. I'm going to close with Second Peter. Let me look at my other lesson. See if there's anything there I need to tell you. Oh, I will tell you this before I tell you that. How can I grow spiritually? Number one, somebody throw me something. How can you grow more spiritually? Stay in the word more. What else? Act on it. Susan coming to church. Somebody else. Leanne. Yeah, sometimes you can confess your sins to one another. Sometimes you just need to confess them to him. (laughs) Sabrina. Fellowshipping with people of like precious faith, the same mind. Somebody else. Robert. Doing, not just hearing. Right. Somebody else. Elise. What? Praying without ceasing. That's a good one. Henry. Taking responsibility for your actions. That's a big one. Man, you grow by leaps and bounds when you quit blaming everybody else for your stupid stuff, right? It's your fault. Say it's my fault. Say this out loud. Say it's my fault. There you go. Let me see what else I got down here that, I, that you didn't say. Oh, this is good. Keep a journal. Or, or when you come to church, take notes. Right? When you come to some people come to church three times a week, but they're still not growing because they're playing on their phones or talking to one another. Uh, quit talking to your neighbor. Quit being distracted. Da, 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 da. Take notes. Keep a journal of your spiritual life. How many of you keep a journal? You ought, you ought to do that. If you don't, you ought to start doing it. You know, you don't have to spend tons of money on a journal. You know, and just when you sit down with the Lord, write the date. I always write where I'm at. I write the time. And sometimes I just start talking to the Lord and I write it out. Or, or if I'm reading some scriptures, I'll write that out. Or especially if I'm seeking the Lord on something and I ask him a question. And I'm trying to be still and listen to what it is he's trying to say to my spirit. So I can write, you know, so I can write that back. Also, select a time when you read your Bible. Make it a habit. You know, good habits are good. Uh, you're going to read your Bible in the morning, at lunch break, or before you go to bed. You know, pick a time or several times. This is a good one, especially for you men. How many men do we have in here? All right. Yes. And he knows it. All right. 
read the Bible out loud in your home. That's what he always did. Do you remember that, him reading the Bible out loud? The whole house hears it. Not only is he reading it out loud, but the rest of us are going too. You know, I remember just standing there doing the dishes, and he's reading the Bible, and, you know, out loud in the other room. And I'm thinking, man, that's just, yeah, that's good. good. We've got him getting the dishes done as well. Read the Bible out loud. You, you know, you women, you can read the Bible out loud as well. It's nice to permeate the atmosphere with it as well. Okay, spend time worshiping him, not just asking him for stuff. Recognize that your pastors are God's gift to you, and they will help you in life. Don't wander out from the sheepfold. Don't need to find you in the bar. Sometimes even other Christian events aren't good if they're a group that's in error. And sometimes if you ever have any questions about that, you know, ask one of us because we usually know who's the, who the squirrels and nuts are. You know what I mean? Fellowship with other believers. Somebody said that. Lift groups, iron sharpens iron, the word of God says. Okay, now let's close with uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. How many of you want to grow? Or you just want to stay the same and wallow around in your yuck? I want to grow. I do, I want to grow. Okay, 2 Peter chapter 3. Closing with this. Starting at verse 14. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless, without sin and blameless. Isn't that a cool place to be? And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul. Here Peter's talking about Paul. According to the wisdom given to him as written to you, as also in all his epistles or letters, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destructions, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. He's talking about people that twist the word of God to suit their, you know, suit their their fancy. Verse 17, you therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, backslide, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Now, did that help anybody tonight? Amen. All right. Cool deal. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.